Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Happy Friday, everyone. We've done it this crazy, crazy week with the, you know, following up a Monday Night Football game. is It's chaotic. It's chaotic for content creators like myself and everyone at Steel Curtain Network. It's chaotic for the podcast platform, but we made it through it. We are here at the weekend. I hope you all have enjoyed the content coming off of that Steelers win on Monday Night Football now we're gearing up for another primetime game, Sunday Night Football, Week 3. I think, I don't know about this, Allegiant? I think it's Allegiant. Uh, that's the name of the stadium or field, whatever they call that out there in the desert. Las Vegas Raiders, the first time the Steelers will play the Raiders in Las Vegas. There's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting. And today, it's a Friday, which means it's time for the Behind the Enemy Line segment where I have a guest on from the opposition last week. Was fortunate enough to have John Suchan of the Fanatical Elves Network on, and he did a great job previewing the Browns game. This week, I have a very esteemed guest, and that is Hondo Carpenter of Sports Illustrated, who also covers the Raiders for Fans for Sports Network, the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. I'm I'm really excited for you all to hear this interview. Hondo goes into great detail on stuff that I didn't even know existed, talking about Tom Brady potentially going to the Raiders this past offseason. Yeah, he gets into all that. But before we get to Hondo, I do want to go over some news, and the primary news is the injury report. As always, it's the injury report. So with the Pittsburgh Steelers, we're talking about two days on this injury report before they get the wheels up and they go out west and they get ready to play the Raiders. So Wednesday, now Wednesday when I recorded my show, this had not been released yet. And so fans kind of freaked out. And rightfully so. When you see eight players and none of them practiced, you start to freak out a little bit when you just see that headline. However, when you look at it a little bit closer, some of those are not so serious, I guess. For instance, Isaac Samalo didn't practice, neither did Patrick Peterson, but it was not injury-related. You see DeMonte Casey with a calf, Minka Fitzpatrick with a chest, Marcus Golden with a knee, Darnell Washington with a knee, Gunnar Olszewski with a concussion, we knew that, Larry Ogunjobi with a foot. None of them practiced. So then you go to Thursday. Now, this is kind of where we always talk about this every season. In case you might be new to the Let's Ride podcast, Thursday's the day. It's kind of like moving day in a golf tournament. This is where you can kind of see which way are people trending. So Patrick Peterson and Isaac Samalu both get back to practice. It wasn't an injury anyway, so they're good to go. DeMonte Casey with a calf. He's good to go. Full participant. That's good. Minka Fitzpatrick. He told people, uh, I told media on what's here that was Thursday. He's playing. He said he's got a bruised chest too. He's playing. He was limited. Marcus Golden with a knee. He too was limited. Now Darnell Washington, knee injury also limited. Two players did not practice. Gunnar Olszewski remains out with a concussion. Very unlikely that he'll even be available. Not that he would get a helmet, but very that he'd be available. He didn't practice and neither did Larry Ogunjobi with a foot. 
So it's going to be interesting to see if Larry Ogunjobi is trending in that same exact direction that he was last year, where he just was always on the injury report and he just always ended up playing. We shall see. He played very well in the first half on Monday Night Football, and that was with missing some practice time as well. Now, when you talk about the Raiders, I'm just going to mention on Thursday maybe some names you want to keep and keep your eye out for. Uh, limited for them, Jacorian Bennett, which is a cornerback. Uh, other than that, really, they're a pretty healthy team. Keep your eye on Tyree Wilson, d- a defensive end. Didn't practice due to an illness. Not sure if that's something that's just going around, but Devontae Adams with a concussion was full, and so was Jacoby Myers, who was also coming off a concussion. So they're good news for those guys as they recover from that. Okay, so what's going to happen with this show? I'm going to Hey, we're going to take a quick break. After we take the break, you're going to have my conversation with Hondo Carpenter. Stay tuned to the second half. No all bets are off segment this week. Jeremy wasn't able to make it. You're going to get my keys to victory, my three-leg parlay, and the heart-to-heart at the very end. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Hondo Carpenter after this break. All right, Steeler fans, it is time for the Behind Enemy Line segment every single week that we've been doing. And this week, week three, going out to the desert, the Las Vegas Raiders. Joining me is Hondo Carpenter, who covers the Raiders, not just for fans for Sports Network and the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, but also for Sports Illustrated. Hondo, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, buddy. It's great to be on with you, Jeff. I have such great appreciation for you as a person and what you've done leading our fans for Sports Network. You're just doing a tremendous job. I'm proud to be part of your team. I appreciate you taking the time to talk about this upcoming game. I do have to ask, though, you know, last week you were you were in my home state of West Virginia. You were down there in the hills of West Virginia as the Raiders were getting ready to play the Bills. That game did not pan out too well for the, the Raiders. But, boy, what a beautiful state, isn't it? A lot of people did. They, they diss West Virginia, but I love it. Yeah, I don't understand that. You know, you got a a state of just hardworking people, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the friendliest people in the entire world. Just, I love West Virginia. I love the hunting. I love the fishing. I love the people. Um, It's a great state. And, you know, just because it's not, it doesn't have the wealth of a coastal state doesn't make it a bad place. I'll tell you what, I would trade the people. I would rather live in West Virginia than California or New York any day of the week. I love it. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I live in Maryland now, but still, uh, my roots as you always tell, go back to West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, there you I'm go. There you go. <laughs> There's plenty of that down in West Virginia. It's still a lot of wooded area. But okay, let's talk let's talk some football. You know, the Raiders are coming off a really tough loss. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough place to play. It's tough to go into Buffalo and to find a way to win a game. And just like the Steelers in week one, it wasn't really competitive. What is the vibe of the team coming back home? I believe this is the first home game. C- correct me if I'm wrong for the Raiders this year. It is. Uh-huh. You know what's funny? I was talking to a player um, here in the last 36 hours, and we were talking off the record. And he was really angry. And when I asked him why, he said, watching the film, it wasn't one player was terrible. Each of us just made a crucial mistake at a crucial time. And the scheme was good. And he said, this wasn't about coaches. It was about us. He goes, and it wasn't like, okay, those two guys screwed up. We can replace them because it was just a collective of mistakes. And here's the thing. This is a better Raider team. Um, 
I have said all along, if Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy for 17 games, I expect him to win nine, and I stand by that. I still feel that way. I don't think they're a playoff team. Now, they may be able to steal a game because another team has an injury or whatever and get to 10 and get in the playoffs, but they're not going to be a factor. And so there's a lot of anger, but not at the coaching staff. I mean, they are zeroed in on themselves. They they feel the anger at themselves that, you know, there's no shame. I predicted the Raiders to be one and one going into this game before the season started. There's no shame in going to Buffalo and losing to a team that has all of the talent, ability, and everything else to make it to a Super Bowl. There's no shame in that. Right. But the shame comes in how they lost. And so I think they feel it and they know it. And um, it's kind of funny. This is a team that's uh, it's angry. The Steel men are going to be facing a team like the Raiders were last week that's opening up and they're angry. And I think that's interesting. It is interesting. And I, I, you brought up Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to talk about him for a second. And early returns, what does that look like for the Raiders? Has this been promising? Has there been some aspects of his game that maybe aren't up to what the expectation was? And also his health, because that was a concern this past offseason. He's awesome. been cleared, obviously. But what what what's the Jimmy G vibe right now? Three good questions there by you. No surprise. Uh, let's take them right in order. First of all, I said all along. Um, now, let me just say this. I have an article coming later this year on breaking down what happened in the offseason. But the Raiders went into the offseason. Obviously, they had benched Derek Carr the last two games. When they went into Pittsburgh last year, they were still in the playoff hunt, and they had not made the decision to move on from Derek. In fact, um, that is not what Josh McDaniels wanted. He wanted to stick with Derek Carr. There just was issues with with not issues – that they hated each other. There was none of that. None of that. In fact, I saw other media reporting that. It's just BS clickbait. They just, they were not on the same page with the scheme. And so they get on the plane to come home and they knew, okay, we're going to have to make a change of quarterback. This is not working, Derek, in our system. And <clears throat> I had been tipped off that they were going to bench him because not because they hated him, but because of his contract. If he got injured, it would have been guaranteed, and and they would have been still with Derek. So that's why um, that next day, that next Monday at his press conference, I was the one that asked the question: Are you going to be to be benching Derek Carr? I know that's a lot when you asked about Jimmy, but there needs. I want your listeners; they're used to great analysis by you, and I want them to understand context. Right. So they they at this point, the Raiders are going to make a move and go to Tom Brady. So the season comes to an end. The season's over. Everything falls out, and some things happen that Tom Brady is no longer an option. Not going to get into those. It's personal, but Tom Brady was not an option. It was not any, boy, I hate you, Josh. I hate you, Dave. I hate the Raiders. I mean, he became an owner. But it, it just, for reasons that we don't need to get into because they have nothing to do with football, it, it, <laughs> they were all in on Tom Brady. Okay. That was the plan. And then it was unable to work out for reasons that the Raiders don't control. I said all along, you do not get rid of Derek Carr to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. And that was not the plan. When the, when the, when the Tom Brady thing fell through for reasons that neither party was anticipating, they 
uh, were stuck because they'd already moved on from Derek. There was some thought process. Do we try to bring Derek back? That wasn't going to happen. And they move on. So they go get Jimmy. Now, Jimmy's a winner. He is a terrific guy, and he fits the scheme better than Derek Carr. Now, what's amazing is, Jeff, you know this. You've been doing it a long time. When you report things like that, people are going to run. Carpenter says Car Garoppolo better quarterback than Carr. That's not what I said. I said in this scheme, Garoppolo is better than Carr. Now, he's everything you want. He's a winner. He's a great guy. I really sincerely like him, know him personally. Both Carr and Garoppolo, but I'm talking about Garoppolo now. Right. He comes in in week one, and that is a game I don't believe the Raiders would have won last year. <clears throat> now, everybody's going to point out, but they won the previous six. Yep. And this was a much better Bronco team. Much better. And then they go to um, Buffalo, and other, you know, if they'd have played that game 10 times, I do not think Buffalo wins by 28 every time. Just some things happen that let the game get away from them. If you were to ask Raider fan, uh, the majority, I believe, would tell you they're not Jimmy Garoppolo fans. He's, you know, the first thing you have to understand because of the tuck rule, it's they hate the Patriots in Raider Nation. They hate them. They don't dislike right. them. They hate them. So that you got to anybody, I think if Josh would have and Dave Ziegler would have brought in Jesus Christ, they would have been pissed. But, <laughs> so he's already not. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't like him, but I think personally, in fact, I I got a story coming where I've talked to some general managers and some league executive team executives um, about the Raiders, and I got their scouting report through two games. It's really fascinating. I think the respect is there for Jimmy, for people that aren't blinded by pure hatred. But, you know, they've struggled to get the ball to Hunter Renfro. They're all pro wide receiver. Now, granted, he's their third, but still they struggled. And, you know, he's had some bad picks. So there's a lot of angst. But you got to remember something. The Raiders have sold their fans the motto, just win, baby. And they haven't just won. Yeah. And so – the two coaches over the last 20 years that have taken them to a, a the playoffs, they fired. And so there's there's angst on, on the team in the, the the fan base. I think a lot of the fans are frustrated and angry. And you know, Jimmy's getting the brunt of it. I don't think that he's been as bad as the fans would say, but clearly I think he's got a lot of room to get better. And I think he will. So when I, I look at this matchup, you have two one-on-one -on -one teams. Both teams are just kind of trying to find their footing. You know, it's early in the season. They're trying to figure out what their identity is. And that's kind of where I want to go next is what would you say right now as we sit here and we're getting ready for this Sunday night football game in week three? What are the strengths of this Raiders team? Could be offense or defense, doesn't matter. The things that they're going to want to lean on Sunday night to maybe get them through and hopefully – find a win for them. Obviously, as a Steelers fan, I want the Steelers to win. But in this case, we're talking about the Raiders. What are their strengths, in your opinion? Well, first of all, they got the best wide receiver in the game of football in Devontae Adams. There is nothing that he can't do. Um, I have never seen any corner, any, regardless of who they are, to be able to stop him in one-on-one -on -one coverage. In fact, going back to training camp, I have said, anytime you come to the offensive line, if Devontae's in single-man coverage, it's you automatically the play should go to him. And I believe that. He's that talented. 
I've been around this game for decades, Jeff. And, you know, I know a lot of the good ones. And I have never seen one better than Devontae Adams. He doesn't mm -hmm. drop balls yeah. at all. He doesn't drop them. Um, he is great. He'll take young defenders, put his arm around them and teach them and help them. That I means he's a coach on the field. He's a counselor. He just takes care of his business. He's a consummate professional. If you're the Steelman, and let me just say, it's what I call him. I don't call him the Steelers. I call him the Steelman. <laughs> you may remember George Perlis, who was the inventor of the stunt 4-3 that when you had your steel curtain uh, under Chuck Knoll, he is uh, really almost a second dad to me. I am very was, was very close to him. He's now passed. And that's how he always revealed the Steelman. So that's why I do that. <laughs> but um, when you – if you're the steel man, I think the first thing you got to do is say, okay, we are going to do two things to, st to, to stop. And number one, you asked me the three best things. We don't let Devontae Adams beat us. Number two is Josh Jacobs. And he's the you know returning NFL rushing leader. And every team the Raiders have played this year has stacked the box. And they've been like, okay, we're going to stack the box because we're not going to let Josh beat us. And if it's not a run play, we're going to put so much pressure on Jimmy that he has to get the ball out quick. Now, here's something that will be of note to you. The Raiders haven't given up a sack this year. Wow. And, yeah, they have. And that may surprise you. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo gets rid of the ball really quick, and which is what you want in the Josh McDaniels system. So if you're the steel man, I think you have to make the decision – we're not going to let Devontae beat us, and we're going to stack the box. Now, for that, then, so how do the Raiders – that's the two biggest strengths. You asked for three. And I'm going to give you two more because I think there's four big strengths on this team. Then you switch over and you go to um, Max Crosby, who I love Watt. you got a great player in Watt. I love him. Yeah. I, there's nothing about him I don't like. But put Max Crosby on the Steelers – and I think he, you guys would see he's better than Watt if you put Watt on the Raiders. Either way, they're great paid players, and you know we're parsing hairs here. But teams have made the decision, we're going to double and triple team Max, and we're not going to let Max Crosby beat us. We're going to force the other Raiders now because there's a lot of youth. And so to me, if you know, those are the three areas that the steel men on offense and defense, those are the best areas of the Raiders. Now, special teams – the Raiders have the best kicker-punter combination in the National Football League. There's nobody better. It's not even close. There's nobody better. And talking to other league executives, and I'm not a Raider fan. I'm, 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 I'm a journalist. So for me, my job is to be neutral and to just present the facts. You have that privilege of being a fan, and, and right. I applaud you for it. But for me, that's not me. Um, they have the best kicker and, and punter combination. It doesn't matter if it's 60 yards, 63 yards. You just know Daniel Carlson's going to make it. And A.J. Cole, the punter, is going to put the ball right down where it needs to go. So if you're the Raiders, those are your strengths. And you got a lot of potential other strengths. Robert Spillane, who you know, the last six games of last year for the Steelmen, played every rep on defense and every rep on special teams. I know for a fact the Steelmen did not want to lose him. But they didn't have the money to go higher. Than the Raiders. So the Raiders go and resign them. Well, some other money frees up and they end up going to pay their replacement for them more, but they would have rather kept Robert. I know that for a fact. Robert's been terrific at the Mike linebacker. 
Marcus Epps, they go get him from the Philadelphia Eagles, who's a great player. Philadelphia couldn't afford to keep him. He's been great. This is a better Raider defense than last year, which if they had been arrested for being an NFL defense, there would not have been enough evidence to convict them. That's not the case this year. Last week in Buffalo, you may say how they give up 38 because they had some big fourth down stops. They had four stops on the goal line. The, the problem was is that when the offense got anemic, really after that first couple of drives and couldn't do anything, they just ran out of gas. And you know your offense, even if they don't score, has to give your defense a blow. So do I think the defense is great? No. Do I think it has a potential to be 19th, 18th in the NFL, 20th? I do, but they're going to have to help have help from that offense. But that's the three, the four biggest strengths. I know you asked for three. I'm sorry. That's okay. Now, now you kind of sound like Mike Tomlin a little bit. You know, he every Tuesday when he speaks to the media, he makes every team they're about to play sound like the 1985 Bears and they're unstoppable and all oh, that I'm stuff. So, I'm not trying to do that. You. No, 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 no. You were talking about the strengths, so that's what it comes off as. But every team has their weakness. Every team has their the, the part of their game that is just, gosh, they just can't get it going. So the Steelers are going to approach this game and they're going to want to exploit those weaknesses. What would be some of those weaknesses that the Raiders right now, you just said they haven't given up a sack. So in terms of offensive line play, I think that's, that's not a weakness. That's a strength because Jimmy G's getting rid of the ball quickly. They're protecting the quarterback. Where are those weaknesses on the Raiders roster? First of all, Chandler Jones is, is not available. He's, it was a potential hall of famer. Um, he's not going to be playing um, due to some personal matters in his life. Um, and so they've got a young Tyree Wilson who missed all the mini camps, all of the OTAs, 80% of camp. And he just has not in the Dallas last, the, the first game, the Dallas preseason game, he showed a little bit, but everybody knew he was raw. He wasn't Will Anderson. Everybody knew he had to be developed. And because of them not anticipating the Chandler Jones situation, he's now been thrown in there. He's not played well. So to me, if I'm the Steelers, every time Tyree Wilson's on the field, I'm going to punish him and I'm going to go at him, whether it's with Najee Harris, which I'm, I'm not, you know, or, or however. Malcolm Kuntz is a young man that I believe in. He's got to show more, but he's, you know, a guy that's and he needs to show so clearly the opposite of Max Crosby is a big weakness. Now, here's another one. Marcus Peters is a guy that we all know is a great coverage corner. I did not realize, I knew he wasn't great, but he is poor, poor in any type of run support. He'll just stand there. It's embarrassing. And I had one general manager say that's why he's not locked up on a long-term deal with his coverage talent is be just because other, if it's not coverage, he's not there. He's not involved. And so to me, I think if you're going to run or you're going to do some things to create, I think you go create and go right at Marcus Peters. He's a clear weakness in run support. Not in pass, but in run support. The defense, I want to reiterate, I don't think is as bad as, as they looked against Buffalo. And so to me, if you're the steel men, here's the way you attack them defensively and offensively. Defensively, you make that decision. We're going to put pressure uh, and go, at, uh, excuse me, when the 
Raiders defense. We're going to go after the opposite of Max Crosby. We're going to run at them. We're going to go at them. We're going to make them prove that they can stop us. I, I would just totally treat Max Crosby like the Raiders are going to treat TJ. And we're just, you've stopped your side of the field. Good for you. God bless you. <laughs> then I go after Marcus Peters in the running attack. And then you have to try to get the, the Raiders are very good. They're two young corners, Jacorian Bennett from Maryland and Nate Hobbs from Illinois are really good open field tacklers. Now they make some mistakes because they're young, but they're excellent open field tacklers. I think you attack them in the passing game, try to get a guy to break a tackle and do something. I don't think the Raiders are in any way invincible. I'm not saying that they are, but I think that's the weekend weakness with um, the Raiders on their defense. And on offense, I think you got to sell out. You got to stack the box, put tons of pressure. So Jimmy has to make quick throws. And it has to be the quick throw that maybe he doesn't want to do, but he's doing it quick to get rid of the ball and don't let Josh Jacobs beat you. I think that's the game plan. And I, and listen, I, you know, I, I know Mike Tomlin, I respect him. I think he's the finest coach in the national football league. I love him. Um, you may say, well, what about Andy Reid? Yep. I understand. I think Andy's the second best, but the way the Steelers run their ship, the way the Steelers do things there are times that they ask, you know, Mike Tomlin to do some, some things with less, and he does. I think he's a great coach, and and I've got nothing but high praise and respect for the man. And that's how I think the Steelers are going to attack uh, on Sunday night. All right, last thing before I let you go, the my bookie spread right now is the Steelers are getting two and a half points on the road in prime time with an over under of forty three. I don't need an actual score prediction from you, but how do you see this game shaking out? Well, I'm going to tell you what. For, you said 43 is the over-under? Correct. Yeah, I'm going to take the over. I think it's 27-17 Raiders. Um, and as you know, I'm not a fan. I, and I pick the Raiders to lose all the time. I'm going to tell you why I think they win it. And there's a couple of things. Um, my friends around NFL who were in Steelers training camp praised Kenny Pickett. I had multiple tell me. He was the best quarterback we saw when we were at every camp. I'm a big Kenny Pickett guy. I actually know I'm going back to the Pittsburgh Panthers with my good friend, Pat Narduzzi. Um, I believe in Pickett, but here's the problem. His confidence looks shot. It just He does not look confident. And I think if you're going against the Steelers' offense, the motto should be make Kenny Pickett beat me with his arms, with his arm having to make quick reads. So if I'm the Raiders, I'm doing the same thing the Steelers are doing. I'm going to load the box. You're not going to beat me with Najee, and we're putting pressure on Kenny. If Kenny can beat us having to make quick decisions, great. Don't think that's the case. Now, in fairness, <clears throat> Josh Allen is the same way. You can't. You, you got to put pressure on him because he makes bad decisions when there's pressure. But I think that's the way. Number. I think so. I think Kenny's confidence just doesn't seem to be there for me. On top of it. Um, I think the worst head coach in the National Football League is in San Diego, excuse me, is in the Chargers. He's terrible. And I think the worst offensive coordinator resides in the Steel City. I was stunned. I respect Mike Tomlin. I like Mike Tomlin. Um, the I was stunned when he hired Matt Canada. Um, I am not a fan of Matt Canada, never been a fan of Matt Canada. I don't get Matt Canada. 
And there are some things that the Steelers offense have done. And I, I, at one point I turned to somebody and said, I expect Tomlin just look over him and say, take your headset off. You're fired. I know that's not the way Mike does business, but Matt Canada is going to make some mistakes Sunday night. And I've always said this. When a team has coaches that are going to make systemic blunders, that puts teams at a huge disadvantage. And I expect that from Matt Canada. Moving to defensively, I think the one thing that you have to understand with the Steelers is this. They are tough and they don't hurt themselves. So you have to just do what you do. Jimmy's got to get the ball out quick, no interceptions. If the Raiders win the turnover battle, and I think they will because there's some adjustments they're making this week, I think you know, they're going to go out there, they're going to get some points. And I think that Kenny Pickett is going to put the Steelers in some bad positions. That's where I think some of those 27 points come from. Hondo, it's been awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find your work, both on Sports Illustrated as well as um, on social media? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, we're so proud to be part of the Fans First Sports Network, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. We tweet that that, that those podcasts. We do multiple every day. You'll hear from coaches, players, us. You can follow me on Twitter at Hondo Carpenter, H-O-N-D-O-C-A-R-P-E-N-T-E-R, or go to the Fans First Sports Network, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. We're on Spotify. And just search Hondo Carpenter Sports Illustrated. You can find us there. So we got lots of coverage all over. And again, uh, Jeff didn't ask me to do this. I want to. Um, Jeff and Brian are doing an amazing job building the Fans First Sports Network. I am so proud to be part of them. And I know that they're too humble to say this, but they're two of the best in the podcasting business. And for all you guys that are listening, we've got a great plan for the NFL coverage coming to Fans First Sports Network. And next year, when the 2024 season kicks off, there will not be a better podcasting network anywhere, anywhere than Fans First Sports Network. And when you enjoy it, make sure you tell Jeff and Brian you appreciate them. They're two of the best. I appreciate the kind words. Hondo, enjoy the game. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Take it easy. Thanks, buddy. And a big thank you to Hondo. Man, he does a great job. I do appreciate him taking his time. He's a busy dude. I mean, he's he's legit. He is legit. Everyone knows Hondo Carpenter. That is for sure. The more you learn about the NFL, the more you know that people know Hondo Carpenter. So I said this at the beginning that there wasn't going to be an all-bets-are-off segment. Uh, Jeremy Jerome Betts had a small procedure done. He's not able to make it. So he said, hey, I'm going to have to take this week off. I get it. That's fine. We got it covered. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the keys to victory. Not that complicated this this week. And then a three-leg parlay. I was really close last week, but we'll talk about that then. Okay, keys to victory. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. The one thing I keep thinking about, we can talk about play calling and the game plan, whatever. The one thing that I keep on thinking, if the Steelers were to go back to that in the second half, think back to the success they saw in the second half of the season last year, what was the one thing they did that really got everything gelling? 
It was running the football. It was getting the offensive lineman moving forward, getting you know being the one that was abusing the opposition and not the one that was constantly absorbing what the opposition was trying to do to them. So run the ball. Run it early. Put your offensive line in a position to succeed. It's going to set everything else up. And if they can concede, can they can if they can succeed running the football, now you're talking about third down D, third down offense being very very important. The Steelers have struggled mightily on third downs. I believe they were 4 for 14 last game. Just awful. Awful awful numbers. I think they were 5 for 15 in week 1. They need to improve in that area. And what's really crazy is that they're failing in all sorts of ways. They're failing on third and short. They're failing on third and long. Third and medium, it doesn't matter. They do not care. They are going to fail on third downs, or that's what the trend has been in week one and week two. They have to improve that. And then lastly, just stop the damn turnovers. That's the number one thing the Steelers can do to help them win. Just stop turning the football over. If they can stop turning the football over, that is going to go so far into helping this team win. Even if every drive doesn't result in points, no one's expecting that. If they can at least not turn it over, it's going to make it more challenging. It's going to give their defense a chance to do what they did on Monday night, make enough plays to win. Just don't turn it over. So again, run the ball. Get back to that fundamental philosophy of we are going to be the people that are bruising the opposition. It'll set up the run. It'll create manageable down and distance. Once you've done that, Third down offense is key. And then lastly, don't turn the ball over. Stop with the stupid interceptions. And I say stupid intentionally. That that interception that Kenny Pickett threw was awful. Absolutely awful on Monday night. Well, what about the defensive side? Defense is trending in the right direction. I want the Steelers to be able to slow down Jacobs enough that they force the ball to Jimmy Garoppolo. Force the ball into his hands. And they can slow down Josh Jacobs. And if you listen to Dave Schofield's Stat Geek podcast yesterday, he talked about how their running off, their rushing offense is almost as bad as the Steelers right now. This matchup for the offense, their offense versus the Steelers defense should match up very, very well. So you force them into those obvious passing situations, then you pin your ears back, get after Jimmy G. The second thing on the defensive side of the ball, keep the trend of taking it away. They're coming off of four takeaway game, taking it away four times. They have to keep that trend. They've done a great job with that so far. Keep it up. So if they can continue to take the ball away on a consistent basis, they're going to get those extra possessions for the offense, which we've all seen they might need from time to time. Last is is really the simplest of the three. It needs to be just keep improving the tackling. The tackling has has gotten a little bit better. There's still some glaring issues We hope, we hope that that is only going to continue as the season progresses. Here we are going into week three. You would hope that the tackling has kind of really started to come into form. Players should be more accustomed to playing 60 minutes of football and not just playing a series or two from the preseason. If they can improve their tackling, keep taking the ball away, and force the ball into Jimmy Garoppolo's hands by stopping the run, they are going to be setting up the offense to succeed. Will that equate to a win? That's yet to be seen based on the offense. But I will say, keys to victory, defensively, force the ball to Jimmy G, keep taking the ball away and improve the tackling. So this is normally when I have Jeremy and I talk about 
What do you think about predictions? So right now, we're sponsored here at the Steel Curtain Network by MyBookie. MyBookie has the current line at the Steelers getting 2.5 points with the over-under set at 43. So what do I think is going to happen with this game? I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think the line of 43 is actually a little generous. Um, I, I'm not sure why the sports books tend to think that this could be a a, a more a high higher scoring game. But then again, I, I didn't really see the 26-22 output against the Browns in Week Two on Monday Night Football. So I think the Steelers are going to come into this game, and I think what you're going to see is is continued incremental growth, stepping in the right direction. We'll talk about that in the heart to heart here shortly. But I think that you're going to see a Steelers defense that is starting to round into form. When you think about the communication in the back end, you think talk about the hopeful hopeful trust of Joey Porter Jr. getting him on the field more, the improvement of players like Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander and Alandon Roberts. Maybe they start to figure out how they have to best use their pieces to try and absorb the loss of Cam Hayward until he can return to the lineup. I think the defense is really trending in the right direction. Offensively, I think this is a matchup where you're not going against a defense that is as as legit as the last two teams they've played. So moving the ball shouldn't be as difficult. The Steelers do match up well with the Las Vegas Raiders defense. I think they will be able to move the ball, but I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. When all is said and done, I think the Steelers are going to win this game. Shocker, I know. I'm a homer. You should know this by now. I have the Steelers winning by a final score of 20-17. to 20 to 17. I think points are going to be at a premium. I think a defensive takeaway is going to set up the Steelers' offense for maybe a, a crucial score. I think this is hopefully the time that we start to see the Steelers maybe finding their footing a little bit. I think that's important. So I have the Steelers winning. Final score Steelers 20, Raiders 17. A rare win out west against the Raiders, as Dave said in his podcast, hasn't happened since 1995. Wow, 95. I was in middle school. Anyways, okay, let's go to a three-leg parlay. I was close last week. Last week, if Kenny Pickett would have just thrown one more touchdown, I was like, hey, maybe this is the game that Kenny Pickett throws two. He hasn't done that yet in his NFL career. Maybe this is the one. I was wrong. Hit on the hit on the point spread. Hit on Pickens' yards. Failed on Kenny Pickett. So now we go three-leg parlay. Here's what I have this week. Kenny Pickett, alternate passing yards, 225 or more. That's minus 120. I'm taking it. I'm taking the over there. George Pickens receiving yards, 75 yards or more. I'm taking the over. That's plus 235. And lastly, I am going to take the Steelers getting two and a half points on the road. That is minus 105. So that's my three-leg parlay. Kenny Pickett, alternate passing yards, 225 plus. George Pickens receiving yards, 75 plus. And Steelers, plus two and a half. Take it, book it. I like that. I'm going to be betting that myself. Hopefully it cashes out. All right, let's finish this show up with a heart-to-heart. The more I think about the the Monday night game in week two, the more I think about how there were little tiny aspects of the team that started to trend in the correct direction. The defense starting to figure it out. I mentioned Holcomb and the inside linebackers. I mentioned some of the communication in the back end. Yes, the offense was kind of discombobulated, but you still saw signs of life. You saw Kenny Pickett hitting Calvin Austin on an out route. Really tough throw, really tough catch. They completed it. We obviously saw the 71-yard touchdown pass from Pickett to Pickens. Yes, that those plays are there. Like there, this is it kind of reminds me of 
there's there's this alien inside this team, and the alien is really successful offense that can be explosive, can be consistent, and it's just trying to get out. And it's just got to get out of this this current state that it's in. And it kind of reminds me of Spaceballs at the very end when the alien pops out of the dude's stomach. But still, it's kind of one of those things where you just feel like they're moving at least a little bit in the right direction. I'm not expecting a huge offensive output. Clearly, my prediction was the Steelers score 20 points. That is not anything earth-shattering. However, I do hope to see the continued steps in the right direction. Because here's the thing. I wrote this article for SteelCurtainNetwork.com the other day. And that is, I do think change is going to come. But it's not going to be anything drastic during the season. So if it's not going to be anything drastic during the season, all we as fans can hope for is that this team starts to kind of put it together, starts moving in the right direction, and then if they want to make that drastic change, they do it in the offseason. But if it's not going to change, any, it's not going to be anything huge, which I don't expect it, I don't think anyone's expecting it to be huge, then they have to just work with what they have, hope they can start to put the pieces of the puzzle together so they can be consistent, they can improve, maybe show some some of the dynamic playmaking ability they they saw we saw in the preseason and maybe make a push to be a competitive team down the stretch. I think that's where we are right now. Keep taking little even if they're baby steps, that's fine. Just keep making baby steps, keep making improvements. That's what we as fans have to hope for. No, Jeff, that's not I don't want to hear anyone say, "Well, Jeff, what are you doing? Just throwing up the white flag?" No. I'm just being a realist in the fact that I don't think the Steelers are going to make any sweeping changes in the middle of the season like we're going to fire the coordinator. They might switch some stuff. Maybe someone has more of a hand in the play calling. I don't know. If they change things and they do make a big drastic sweeping change, I would be stunned. But in the meantime, just got to keep hoping that they're going to make little, little improvements, little by little, bit by bit, piece by piece. All right, folks, there you have it from me. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, everything from my Let's Ride winners and losers on Tuesday to this show. I really want to thank Hondo Carpenter again for taking the time and being on the show and his kind words about me and the Fans for Sports Network. I love having him on the team. He's a very integral part. I want to hope, I hope everyone enjoys the weekend. Sunday night is going to come quick, and we're going to be ready for it. Make sure you check out all the podcasts on our podcast platform. You obviously found this. So if you found this, you found our podcast platform, but also make sure you check out steelcurtainnetwork.com for all your Steelers needs. All right, that does it for me. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your weekend. We will see you on Monday. Go Steelers.